This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. Hi, I'm Molly Wood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. We're here with our star number one producer, super awesome Veronica. Emmy award winning in our hearts. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, CNET's podcast of indeterminate length. And we have uh, something that's kind of a half review yeah, uh, Tom has a new toy. Well, mp3tunes.com launched yesterday. It's Michael Robertson, the guy who uh, actually started mp3.com, mm-hmm. which then got sued out of existence and ended up as a domain name bought by CNET. Yes, there's and, stuff uh, there, though. And now it's, it's this other thing that CNET does. But mp3tunes.com is going to be an improved version of what he originally intended for mp3.com, right. which is a music locker. And it's and, a partnership with DVD John. Right. DVD John is, is doing noting. a lot of the, the heavy lifting on it. They promise to store all of your music uh, for you and then allow you to play it back on anything. Right now, it's just web browser-based, but Hmm. he says they're going to be rolling out support for phones and PDAs and other mobile devices. And so right now, you go and you sign up. The basic free version allows you to load and play music, uh, and then the premium version allows you to back up and sync it. Hmm. So you could actually... Uh, it's a it does iPod one better, right? You could actually sync your music to any device anywhere, oh. all the time, and that's forty bucks a year. Wow, that's pretty cheap too. Yeah, and that's then the free cool. version allows you to just load it up and play it anywhere. Right, doesn't give you the backup. It doesn't let you sync. But, but to back it up and sync it to anywhere is awesome. Yeah. All right. So I was in the middle of installing it yesterday, which uh, if you listen to the GameSpot podcast, you'll know we had a fire drill. And, uh, <laughs> Did we I, ever? My ears that, are still ringing. That interrupted my, uh, my installation of it, which is annoying because then I uninstalled the extension in Firefox for it, which was half installed. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go uninstall the whole program because it was giving me nag screens everywhere of like, this right. file is not here. and. So that's not mp3tunes fault that's just that's the fire drill's fault <laughs> that's the fault of the fire drill <laughs> so i'm going to try to reinstall it today and then play with it some more interesting and get back to you. but yeah it's uh i don't know i mean this is the guy who did lindos so yeah but he he also did Tom mp3.com such a Linux snob lindos was a good idea it was a good idea it just didn't ever pan out no but still it was a good idea the fact that it didn't pan out doesn't mean it sucked in well and this is a great idea yes but that's what i'm saying so we'll, so see. we'll see if it pans out um, hey, not nice, Best Buy. Not nice. Oh, yeah. Who sent us a little, this? A little mean news from Best Buy. I'm not sure. We got it from a couple different places. I feel like Peter John might have mentioned it. And um, the, the gist of the story is that Best Buy essentially pulled what can only be described as an alleged bait and switch on employees vis-a-vis. Oh, John G. sent me the email. That's what t- okay. tipped me off. The here. Xbox 360. So they ha- ran an ad that said the Xbox 360 would cost $299 or $399, depending on the model, which is indeed how much it costs. But when the gamers got in the door, got in line to buy them, they got this flyer that said the ad was actually not correct and that they would have to buy a bundle that cost way more, hundreds yeah, of dollars according more. According to the, store, the story on KOIN.com's website, this mm-hmm. where it happened in Portland, the managers just decided to do this. And, right. the, and the store employees felt pretty uncomfortable about it. This wasn't every Best Buy. It was in the Pacific Northwest. It's just that, yeah, I, maybe just this one. I'm not. I'm a little vague on that. But the manager said, no, you know what? We're going to change. And tell people that the, the advertisement was just a suggested price, not a real price. Right. But you can't do that. Yeah. No, it sounds <laughs> like Best Buy corporate PR told the Inquirer, there's also a story on the Inquirer.net, um, that the cases were isolated. But it was more than one store. Okay. Yeah. And Best Buy in the KOIN story said 
that they are taking the allegations seriously and investigating. So it sounds As like well, they Best Buy Corporate it, is not okay with this, possibly. We'll right. see. We'll see what they do. Well, and it sounds to me like it's almost the definition of bait and switch. They were offered a device that cost $400 and got there and, and were told that you could only buy it for 800 well, yeah, because it's it's it is the definition of bait and switch because you're saying, hey, you can get this for four hundred dollars. Well, you can get it for four hundred dollars if you pay for all of these other extra things because it's is, a bundle. Yeah, which is like, no, you can't. So they're saying, well, it's still four hundred dollars. You just have to buy this other stuff. And no, you can't do that. It also says one person to tried to that. return some of the extras and was denied. And then there's the poor poor child who saved up his four hundred dollars and then walked away empty-handed. Oh, the Oregon Attorney General's office has opened a file. Yeah, on the case. So, Not uh, a good move. Google for the Ater- Oregon Attorney General's Consumer Hotline if you were one of the people who were unfortunately duped. Speaking of being duped, well, it's not really being duped. It's just being stupid. It's just being dumb. Bell South uh, <laughs> executive says that they would charge for premium web speed and then degrade the signal for other websites who don't pay. Yeah, this is This awesome. is for web delivery of websites, not, yes. for, not for people getting it on the end. Uh-huh. I understand if I don't pay as much, I don't get as high a speed. At my house, Tom but they're like saying on a Molly style rent. But they're saying if I ha- operate a website, I have to pay a little protection money to make sure my website gets delivered. Exactly, that is a perfect way to put it because this is straight mafia. William Smith, chief technology officer for Atlanta-based Bell South, told reporters and analysts, I am quoting now from the Washington Post, that an internet service provider such as his firm should be able, for example, to charge Yahoo Inc. for the opportunity to have its search site load faster than that of Google Inc. I saw this story via Slashlight, and it was it was described there, and this is absolutely true, as the biggest threat to the internet that we have heard thus far. Now, this is a good question. I don't know if any of us here know the answer of it. I'll have to do some research. Do any major telcos, because SBC is doing a similar thing, do any major telcos own a backbone? Like yeah. UUNet or... That, I don't know, but it sounds like some of them might. Because I I, think most of this is talking about their infrastructure with DSL and, right. and, and delivering that way. I feel like last time we talked about this, we got an email that said maybe AT&T does own a backbone. Okay. But I'm not positive. We well, should find out for sure. Which means SBC owns it now, right. possibly. Yeah. Well, and AT&T SBC, used to own it. don't forget, is the one whose uh, CEO, Ed Whitaker, Whitaker, wants to charge Google and companies like that for using his pipe... Because the solution here to provide voice over internet services, voice over IP, that kind of thing, internet based services. But this guy is saying that you should be able to pay to prioritize the delivery of your actual web page, which is unbelievable. And there's a, apparently a House telecommunications bill right now that while it would prohibit network operators from impeding internet content, it would allow this type of marketplace where you can pay for premium service and presumably. He says he says that he wouldn't be in the business of degrading people's service, but this would indeed allow that. And there's a president of Public Knowledge and Digital Rights Advocacy Group who says, absolutely, prioritization is another word for degrading your competitor. You know, the solution to this is to say, great, you're going to do that? I'm off your system. Yeah. I, 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 as a consumer, don't want to have certain websites not load as fast as others. I want all of my websites to load equally fast so if you're going to do this i'm out of there now yeah. that's why i asked who owns the backbone because if somebody owns a backbone then you got a much bigger problem well, there. no then you still get off and you say backbone provider you need to have a talk with this isp pronto well no i mean if the telco owns the backbone well, then yeah, they can, that, yeah, they can exactly. slow it down for then everybody it that's what i'm saying you have a much bigger problem then i'm on the google internet in a recent letter <laughs> in a recent letter to congress a coalition of techni- technology companies um called on members of the House Energy and Commerce Committee to strengthen the draft bill's network neutrality provisions. And they say, quote, 
the incredible potential of broadband will be severely compromised if network operators are permitted to be the gatekeepers of the internet, deciding what content applications and services succeed or fail on the internet. The coalition includes Amazon, eBay, Google, obviously, and the IAC Interactive Corp. Come on. This is serious stuff. We talked about it, you know, and it's funny because the last time we talked about it, when we talked about Ed Whitaker, we kind of said, it sounds like this guy doesn't understand what he actually does. He thinks he runs the internet, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? This is serious. We talked about it as though this guy was a crackpot, but it sounds like a lot of them are having some pretty crackpot ideas and it's pretty disturbing in terms of our access to the web. Yeah. UUNet is WorldCom MCI, uh, according to the uh, navigators.com site. Uh, AT&T and then Sprint. Then Genuity, PSI Net, and on down the line, below 4% of the backbone market share. Those are your major internet backbones. I see. So AT&T, if that AT&T backbone is part of what SBC bought, we're in... Then big, we're in trouble. We're, this, this is a big, bigger deal than then, it already is. And in that case, then we do indeed welcome our Google overlords. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the grid. I am on the grid. Because you know what? On, on the grid, you'll never have a security problem. <laughs> <laughs> on the grid, everything will be on the grid. Daisies even, and in sunshine. On the grid, even though they totally control the internet, they don't really control that. And this on is the grid, scary because this Go- is the point Google at which will watch out for you. This is the point at which the fears of the EU, for example, and the UN, right. become reality because you force the point at which ISPs and you know backbone controllers start controlling the flow of the web and controlling what sites are delivered to you is the point at which the American government will step in. And start exerting greater control over the internet because it really has become a utility. And I don't think they would allow that to happen. And that is the point where things get way scarier than the Department of Commerce just having some nominal oversight over ICANN. Yeah, you know, and the internet right now is like public highways are in the United States. Yeah. You know, there's there's one system and you don't have to pay to use almost any of it. Right. There are toll roads, of course, but in congested areas. But you don't have to use them. But you don't have to use them. There's always another way around. Maybe slower. Uh-oh. So there's a little breakdown in the metaphor. But the major oh, trunk lines, no. to get from coast to coast, to get from coast to coast, you just drive on the interstate highways. Right. So, and, and, presumably, and you know what? Those tolls aren't, aren't like paying for premium service. Those are just taxes. They're just yeah. another way of levying taxes. Yes. And presumably the government would indeed crack down on someone who came along and just tried to set up a roadblock in the middle of it and said, well, I... I don't even know what the corollary would be here. Like, I painted that road, so I yeah. get to charge more. I don't know. Yeah, we're not talking about your ability to travel. We're talking about the ability to put up. Yeah. yeah so this is a serious what you can visit. threat. Like, certain towns would be blocked. Sorry, you can't get off here. They didn't pay their... Uh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. What's up with this crazy damn sober worm? This crazy damn sober worm <laughs> is driving me crazy. My outlook has pretty much ground to a halt over the past few days. And we actually got an email one day where someone was saying, I'm getting a lot of like system undeliverable and things aren't working. Is there a virus? Yes. In November, apparently, sober, the sober worm and emails carrying It's been the around worm, forever. It's been around forever, but these are like new variants. And in November, apparently, it, it accounted for one of every 13 emails relayed over the internet. Wow. Yeah. It's everywhere. <laughs> and the na- the latest offshoot, apparently... Um, Maybe we could degrade the service of Sober. See, now there you They're go. They're not paying. Yeah, the Postini, a computer security firm, estimates that this most recent Sober outbreak is twice as large as the biggest previous attack, and it's threatened to totally overwhelm email servers all over the world. My outlook has actually been okay today. Yeah, mine's been better lately. Uh, it, it was, it today was pretty slow a few yesterday. days ago. 
Yeah, but, because I was processing. And, you know, it's not that I had the virus, to be clear. <laughs> I don't click attachments. It's that I was processing all the rules that I set up to try not to have this stuff flood yeah, in my inbox. Exactly. Uh, another security interesting, another interesting security thing. Register is reporting that a Trojan has been spotted in the wild that takes advantage of an unpatched IE vulnerability that, that we mentioned earlier in the week. We saw it on Mm -hmm. Slashdot. So, you know, the IE needs to get off the cycle. I know they like to, to Microsoft likes to roll out the patches and cycles, but when something like this happens, they need to get off the cycle. Right. And that's what people are speculating they might do. But but why can't... I, I saw this also, I think, on Slashdown, the question, why can't they just patch everything? Yeah. Why because can't smaller, they just patch No, because smaller <laughs> software goes through QA and patches up and is pretty good. Yeah. Why can't Microsoft, with their armies of programmers, get these patches out faster? I don't know. And get stuff patched. Yeah, I wonder about that too. What What is the holdup exactly? And that is the difference between, in case you don't know what we're talking about, Microsoft releases patches, security patches, no matter how critical, re- once a month. It's like the second Tuesday of every month or yeah. something. And so if there's something like this, you basically just have to live with it, try to avoid w- it. Wait for the donkeys to come over the mountain with your patch. Y- yes, <laughs> what Tom said. <laughs> it's, it's, um, <laughs> it's like the Pony Express is delivering the patches. Yeah, and that's the... Di- so when we say, you know, so when we talk about Firefox being more secure, it may or may not be literally more secure, but you can bet that when there's a critical vulnerability reported in Firefox, you're going to have a patch a couple days later. You're not going to have to wait a month. Yeah. I, I still think it's literally more secure, even though it's not 100% secure. Yeah, there I mean, are we don't vulnerabilities, know, because there aren't the same number of people banging away on it like there are at IE. It's but getting bigger, yeah. We'll, but anyway. We'll see. Big security day today. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, hacking your wiretap, uh, some new services from TiVo, and uh, Sony Class Action Scam coming up. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. Dun, dun, dun. I'll try not to skip ahead to the Sony class action scam. I know, it's hard, but that's <laughs> that's what a tease is about. It makes you want to that's wait right. around for that. You just want to know. So yeah, this is a, another Slashdot posting uh, via, or via Slashdot. The New York Times is reporting that a team of researchers has discovered a way to hack a wiretap. There's a security <laughs> flaw in the wiretaps that secret agents use Hilarious. to tap my phone. So I can I can hack into that and stop the recording and, and, remotely. Yeah, it's like a remote control stop of their recording or falsify the numbers that are being dialed. Because you is, know what? The guy's not out in the van with the reel to reel anymore. This is all digital now. Right. See, now I think this is actually kind of cool and good to know because now isn't that there's that new intelligence bill that would let them just start <laughs> spying on you because they feel like it. Yeah, sort so of. I think it might be kind of good to know how to shut them down just in case. Well, I'm going to go try it on mine at home because I know I'm tapped. That comment pretty much ensured that I will be tapped by the end of the day as <laughs> You'll well. You'll be tapped by the end of the day. What am I thinking? Sure. Internet uh, addiction. Oh, yeah. Do you have this? Are yes. you hooked on the web? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the New York Times has a story about how people are actually seeking help for computer and internet addiction. Now, this isn't World of Warcraft, so we're okay here. Yeah, it's not gaming. Do you see what they mentioned at the very bottom of the Slashdot post? Gaming. But other users have a broader dependency and spend hours online each day surfing the web, trading stocks, instant messaging or blogging, and a fast-rising number are becoming addicted to internet video yep. games. This is when the, the mental health uh, professionals are going to have to start specializing in game addiction so, as part of their broader study in web addiction. The, the best <laughs> part about this story, I mean, they say that it's not a terribly 
uh, disruptive addiction. Right. Uh, it's maybe along the lines of coffee. I don't know. But the oh, best part about this story. That's, not, that's actually not what it says. Really? What does yeah. it say? These specialists estimate that 6% to 10% of the approximately 189 million internet users in this country have a dependency that can be as destructive as alcoholism and drug addiction. Okay. So it's just alcoholism. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and drug addiction. Which drug? <laughs> okay. The, the best part about the whole story is though I... I I'm sitting there reading it this morning with like 20 tabs open in Firefox, mm-hmm. yeah. adding stuff to Delicious for my job. Yes, exactly. So what am I supposed to do? It'd be like I, got, they were I have making to surf me, the web. They pay me. They were making me sip the hooch to get yeah, my paycheck. Exactly. <laughs> Which they also do. It doesn't really, you know, it's unclear from this story how, in what way it could be as life destroying as drug addiction. And there's at least one expert who says it's sort of a fad illness kind of thing. Well, which kind of I think obsessive is compulsive. True. Like I kind of, compulsively check everything repeatedly constantly it's my job to compulsively check everything I know. it's all actually yeah. all of our jobs exactly there's so one expert said that television addiction apparently is is much worse in her opinion really there you go yeah. see i don't buy that yeah and she says that, that calling internet addiction demeans really serious illnesses which are things like addiction to gambling where you steal your family's money to pay for gambling debts internet gambling drug addiction cigarette addictions those pornography f- addiction they're physiological things whereas this is is truly this is a psychological not something that your body is going right. to you know your body's not, you're not craving gonna go, it you're not going to have the DTs there's no neurotransmitter receptor that is being attached to web surfing yeah I, I am skeptical about the idea that this could literally ruin someone's life. Because then to me, that is actually an issue of willpower and not of true I think physiological it could be addiction. an extension of obsessive compulsiveness. I think that it could. It could be. That's true. For someone who's truly OCD, then yeah. That's what I think. It's an, it's an over-attachment. I know, that, I know the feeling. We have to move though. on now. <laughs> no, I'm just being OCD. I'm on, I'm on, <laughs> but I'm on the internet. <laughs> I didn't read that whole story because I was busy surfing the internet. TiVo <laughs> has uh, officially launched some new services, according to a story posted on Dig. Ooh, ooh is it the Yahoo stuff? Uh, it is a host of new broadband features and services. For example, Yahoo Photos. Yes. Mm-hmm. Actually, it does seem to be a partnership with Yahoo, mostly Yahoo Photos, Yahoo Weather, and Yahoo Traffic. Oh, yeah, which we had a is- couple emails about this, too. Awesome! Check your traffic before you leave in the weather, except, of course, I can't because I have the direct Fandango? TV. Fandango? Live, live 365 really cool. radio. You can buy movie tickets That's from your really TiVo. really cool. Mm-hmm. And, the- and, 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 mm-hmm. podcasts. Ooh. The new podcast feature. And we're on the Yahoo podcast top 100 also. Yes. And we're on the Series 2 TiVo. You can get CNET reviews. Wow. But, um, again. One must never leave TiVo. I know. Now, that's an addiction. See, now this is hard. TiVo is an addiction. That's totally crack agree. right there. This is so frustrating for me because I have the DirecTV TiVo and I'm not getting this stuff. Yeah. Oh. Got to have the Series 2. I like it's coming to the things. point where, and this is actually, this is a masterstroke by TiVo. It is getting to the point where I want the standalone TiVo because it has more features. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has more cool stuff. Plus you can combine your TV and your web inter- addiction all in one source. Oh, what more could you ask for? It's like Irish coffee. <laughs> All right. Finally, finally, the news you've all been waiting for. The Sony class action scam. On a, on a, uh, Tom. (gasps) I'm waiting so much I can't talk. (laughs) I'm waiting with bated breath. I'm so excited. (laughs) You're just used to me interrupting you. (laughs) On a, um, Washington Post blog, it says there's, I lost it. Uh, anti-spyware company Sunbelt Software is expected to announce that it has acquired the source code of Cario... Per- what? No, no that's, that's right. Oh, it. it went down a post. FBI warns of an email scam touting a <laughs> PayPal class action suit. Okay. The dangers of reading blindly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. According it's to the... PayPal, uh, it's not it's a, Sony. It's an email message that includes some convincing elements such as a litigation case number 
and uh, link to a secure website address where recipients can view a copy of a settlement agreement. I got this. And then you just put in your information, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, uh, Identity Thief has all of your information. Yes, and let me specify again, this is PayPal, not Sony. So Artiz was actually totally misleading. Bait and switch, if you will. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. But it's it's involving but the Sony. It, 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 the Sony isn't involved in the scam at all. Okay, let's just make that very very clear. It's taking advantage of people who may have been victims of the rootkit. What? To uh, no, it's not. No, no. I think you're confusing two stories on this page. The other one is that they <laughs> that Mike Rosinovich of Sys Internals is joining the class action suit against Sony BMG. Oh, okay. The PayPal phishing scheme has nothing to do with the. Sony it's a different rootkit. class action suit. Yes. Oh. Okay. So the PayPal one. Um, PayPal class action suit to sum up not real Sony class action suit is real and the guy who originally discovered the rootkit for the rest of us and posted it on his blog Mark Rosinovich is now joining that lawsuit okay thank you for clearing that and up. that is the end of that never open any email from PayPal just go type it in yourself and check yeah, and see always if you always always yeah um, Universal the uh, big Hollywood studio thingy they they are trying to claim that it is illegal to email them what? Which is kind How of can you do that? Interesting. A blogger apparently posted the email addresses oh. of thousands of their agents, producers, why. and executives. And so they're not happy about that. So they're, But they're basically saying that it is a spam attack. That he's okay. perpetrating an illegal spam attack by allowing people to email them. Well, maybe. Yeah. I can sort of see this point, which is like... We don't care if people email us, but if people all of a sudden are sending us hundreds and hundreds of emails with no purpose, that's the very much the definition of spam. Yeah, I think that's true. But email addresses, as one attorney points out, are in the public domain. They were probably on the website in the first place, and all he did was collect them. Did he incite? That would be my question. Did but he did just he post in, them? or Did, did he, he incite what, though? Did he, he incite, incite people to send emails and, and, and slam the servers? Well, no, there, there's no, he, I don't think he's saying at all, you should slam the servers. Okay. He's saying, if you want to contact people at Universal, here's how. Yeah, well, that, there's nothing wrong with that. As far as I know. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of, I, yeah. The site encourages would-be screenwriters to inundate our executives with unsolicited submissions is the position of Universal. Right. But so what? It's submissions. He's not well, saying. inundation. What? That's the key. Cl- Inundation. Well, I'm just saying, if that were true, then yeah, that would be wrong. You shouldn't say just inundate them. Send them a bunch of crap. That's not what he said. He said, send him. This is how you send your. He said, hey, if you have a screenplay and you can't figure out who you're supposed to send it to, this is who. Is that what he did? Yeah. Okay. He said, send me. Oh, he did. Wait a minute. He does a site called everyonewhosanyone.com. Yes. So he's just posting information. Co- yeah, this he, isn't inciting at all. No, he aggregates information about agents and press people and executives and producers. So this is a service so he a provides. Book? He's not just a, blo- a blogger. Yeah, sorry. He's, <laughs> he's actually a guy who runs a service that posts content information. That's no, Universal's. Yeah. Yeah. They're wrong. They're in the wrong there. They're in big my time opinion. Out. In my humble I'm glad, opinion. I'm glad you've come around to my humble opinion. Well, I just too. thought it was a blogger who post got mad and posted oh, a bunch no, of no, email no. addresses. Yeah, That's no. Different. He was saying, send, this is where you send your screenplays. This is what basically. happens when they schedule a meeting at 11 o'clock before the podcast, by the way. <laughs> Tom can't do the I'm, reading. <laughs> <laughs> the read the homework. This is uh, on to our bits. Uh, cell phones now outnumber PCs in China. Interesting. This is this is something we've talked about before. Whereas over oh, outside of the United States, cell phones are actually the technology device of choice. Skype is now offering web video phone calling because everyone's getting on the Google Talk bandwagon. Okay. Which you know, I mean, a lot of other people have video calling, but this is cool. Yeah, this is cool that you can do it with Skype because I've got Skype. 
So yeah. now I can make video calls. Super. Would have made the holiday help desk a whole heck of a lot easier. If everybody had Skype. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that worked out great. David Byrne got a warning from the RIAA for playing too many Missy Elliott songs. <laughs> uh, apparently there's a rule in the blanket license that the RIAA gives you for internet streaming that prohibits you from playing more than four tracks by an artist in a three hour period. Uh, because otherwise, then people would hear your artist a lot and maybe want to go buy the CDs. This is actually pretty great. David Byrne says, my guess is that they may have confused streaming with downloading in the same way that people often confuse downloading with file sharing. <laughs> They're afraid that even if it's not downloadable, somehow a fan knows, if a fan knows that there will be three Missy songs at a given time, they can prepare their gear and tape them. The assumption is that the sale is lost. Yeah, because uh, it sounds really good when you record internet streams. Well, plus, if they can have the time to have somebody track this crap down, yeah, they can have the time to figure out what How the actual effects are. How to stop massive scale piracy yeah. and quit bothering people one person at a time. Quit bothering David Byrne. I saw He's another story today, things. which I didn't add to our lineup because I think it's old, but about the RIAA suing a woman who doesn't even have a computer. It was on Dig. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's an old story, but still. Um, good slash bad news for BlackBerry. The judge did not immediately enforce their settlement. Um, that the bad news is that BlackBerry wanted to settle its ongoing patent case over its technology with uh, the company that sued it because it's an NTP who said they own the patent. Um, and I, BlackBerry was hoping that the judge would enforce the settlement because then they would only have to pay four hundred fifty million dollars. <laughs> the judge did not, but it drags things out a little longer for people who are afraid their BlackBerry service is going to get shut off, like you know today. In a, uh, an interesting example of the circular nature of information on the internet, I saw in our Buzz Out Loud forums a posting by A.R. Shield about Gmail instituting antivirus, and he pointed to a ZDNet article, <laughs> ZDNet being a CNET company. Yes. Uh, but basically, yeah, Gmail virus scanning on the way. Gee. Yeah. Finally. Well, yeah. I mean, Gmail's in beta, right? Well, yeah. now what am it, I going to store all my viruses on? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Two points, Veronica. <laughs> Uh, voicemail from Brian in Maryland, worried about um, the Sony rootkit vis-a-vis his Mac. Tom and Molly, this is Brian from Maryland. Uh, I had a quick question. I know he's spoken a lot about the Sony uh, DRM, and uh, I own a Mac computer, and I realize I own one of the CDs that actually has the rootkit. And upon inserting the CD, I noticed that um, if you just rip the CD, you don't get the prompt for the administrator password. So... I think I should be safe because I didn't actually play the CD, but I'm not sure uh, if you could confirm that. Thanks. I think he's fine. I think he's fine. If you didn't give your password, I'm 95% sure you're fine. And this is actually one of the better protections of the Mac because you do have to give that admin password in order for that rootkit to install itself and and alter your Mac kernel. Which is one of our main pieces of advice. If you don't know why you need to give your password, don't enter it. Exactly. Yeah, Yahoo. Why do you keep asking me for my password lately? Gosh. Anyway, Brian, we think you're fine. Uh, Interesting suggestion from Evan. Hi, Molly, Tom, and Veronica. It's Evan. I'm just calling with an idea for my friends in Singapore who are creating the bionic hands. Um, I think it would be a really cool feature if they incorporated some kind of voice recognition system into it um, so that you could have your bionic hands sitting at your computer and you dictate something to them and then they type it for you. Um, so if any of the people in Singapore are listening, um, please incorporate that into the bionic hands. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> this is 
an RSI solution in the making. But wouldn't having the bionic hands already be an RSI solution? Oh, good point. Like, but it's probably somehow. And if they're bionic, wouldn't melded. you be able to just type with them by thinking rather than having to talk? No, I think he means like just this creepy standalone hand, <laughs> oh, like see. thing on the Adams family. <laughs> so I could just be leaning back, you know, yeah. eating a sandwich, yeah. and, then talk, and you just have the bionic, and the bionic hand just right there, and I'm me. like doodly doodly. I love it. It's, that's hilarious. Yeah, good call, good show, Evan. Um, we have some emails. Russ called us a bunch of lefties uh, about our discussion yesterday about the free market. You know, just because we live in San Francisco, we're always going to put up with this. That's true. He says he quotes to me from the dictionary saying that a free market basically is unregulated. He says it's not a free market when the government provides a service or product as an entitlement program. And I, I really only bring this up because my point yesterday was government should not protect corporations unduly or regulate them unduly. Neither should corporations be allowed to protect or regulate government unduly. Everybody should just get out of everybody's way and compete. There are some people who think that government should not be involved in business because of a conflict of interest. Yes. And, and, and in that case, you know, the post office becomes a shaky. That's, that's the example that always gets bandied about. Right. And Bill pointed that out, too. The nobody, post office is kind of a sticky wicket. Yeah. Nobody else delivers letters besides the post office. Yes. Well, actually, they do. Federal Express delivers letters. Just costs a lot more. Yeah. Uh, well, and we believe in the power of utility in this country. So, obviously, there is always going to be some interference. We, you know, deregulation is a difficult thing. And there are some things like highways and perhaps the backbones of the Internet. And perhaps telephone service. Yeah. Yes. It's all up for debate, but uh, yeah, our anyway. point wasn't to say that the government should drive out competition. No. That was not the point of the Wi-Fi thing. We were and just saying that they shouldn't be have the rules against them either. And in some, we're probably not going to talk about politics that much anymore. <laughs> this is too exhausting. Uh, Kevin wrote in and suggests that Veronica wait for the Apple DVR mm-hmm. if the rumor is true. Well, how we don't know if the rumor is true, so... Kevin is, by the way, Kevin is the guy who said that the Comcast DVR sucks with 10 U's. Sucks. He said it certainly can't be any worse than the Comcast DVR. And for the record, if only because I, Tom, expected a counter challenge, <laughs> uh, he would ask the listener who said it only slightly sucks, Jeff, if he has ever had any other DVR by which to compare his slightly sucky Comcast <laughs> DVR. I love this listener infighting. For, I know. for example, has he ever experienced the creamy replay TV goodness of a 30-second <laughs> skip button, which you can do on TiVo, auto commercial removal, and not have it shut off when it finishes a recording while still watching something else? Hmm? I think to me that is the single biggest reason not to buy a Comcast DVR. When it's done recording something, even if you're just sitting there watching TV, once it's done recording some other show, it turns off. That's ridiculous. Like- the TV it turns off your TV. The, why? Come on, that's know. a firmware update. Fix that quick. I know, that shouldn't even be, that's just ridiculous. But I don't want to wait. <laughs> Get, a Get a TiVo. Get a TiVo. We're going to have to scale back on the shout outs. We're getting, we're getting too many, yes. too big of, a, of an audience. So d- please don't feel left out. But I do want to call attention to Felix in Hong Kong who said that Buzz Outlet has become his daily cup of coffee. Aww. He can't do without it. That's the best compliment that's right. there we're is. We're an addictive substance. <laughs> just like the internet. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Uh, oh, I have to wait. I have to apologize oh. because Will is the one who made the blog, and I didn't say his name yesterday. Oh, you called him that guy. I Well, I, I said a guy. someone, and I couldn't remember who, but it was Will. Will made buzzoutloud.blogspot.com, and we thank him. Thanks, Will. Again. All right. Thanks, Will. Of course. Did you already do the email and no. the call? And the 1-800-616-CNET <laughs> is the phone number. Give us a call, for goodness sake, and buzz at cnet.com is the email address, forums.cnet.com, where you can find our message boards. The Buzz Out Loud Lounge. See you there. Bye. 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 Bye.